0: How's it going, everybody? Brian Alvarez here on Wrestling Observer Live. We are here every day, Monday through Friday, noon Pacific, three Eastern. Sundays three Pacific, six Eastern. Saturdays ten a.m. Pacific, one Eastern. With the returning Jim Valley, the show from Las Vegas this weekend. Holy smokes! We got a lot to get into here today. Bad news, as always, but also we've got some lineups and some fun stuff to get into here. As well, I want to send best wishes to the family of Carl Lauer, Cauliflower Alley Club. We talked about it last night on the Wrestling Observer Radio Show with Dave Meltzer. Met him a few times, didn't really know him all that well, but he was a key figure in uh, Cauliflower Alley which uh, was not why Jim Valley was in Las Vegas, mind you, but I would bet that uh, Jim Valley will be attending the Cauliflower Alley Club Banquet coming up this year as well. The Ormond, the Ormond Beach Police Department provided an update on the criminal investigation of Tammy Sitch. WWE Hall of Famer suspected of DUI in a fatal car crash led to the death of 75-year-old Julian Lasseter, March 25th. department released a statement to PW Insider, Noting that they have received a part of the toxicology report. We have received part of the toxicology report. If charges are filed, they will not be until the investigation is completed. We will update the press release once a decision is reached. You know, this is is not new. And I don't even, listen, I'm not in this line of work. But I remember in the 90s. Obviously, there were a lot of issues with uh, drugs and alcohol in the 90s. And uh, lots of toxicology reports. My God, those things took forever to come back. And uh, here we are. It's now 2022. And I guess I kind of had this idea that, you know, it's been uh, whatever. You know, 22, 25 years. These things got to come back faster nowadays. No. So anyway, still waiting For the results of toxicology tests taken on March 25th. More after the break. Wrestling Observer Live. Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here. Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also of WrestlingObserver.com. We got a lot of news to get into. Not to mention Rampage and SmackDown and Raw Tonight and NXT tomorrow. Listen. I'm going to go over the uh, full lineup for NXT later because it's not very important. But I'm going to ask a question here because I'm going to give everyone a little bit of time to uh, to think about it. I don't even know why. But uh, they've announced that uh, Tony D'Angelo is facing Zion Quinn. So, is Zion Quinn supposed to be a babyface? Is Tony D'Angelo supposed to be a baby face. Or is this heel versus heel? So anyway, you can think about that for a while as I talk about the news. MLW has responded to WWE's March motion to dismiss the former antitrust lawsuit against the latter. WWE wants this dismissed. In a statement filed Friday in U.S. District Court in Northern District of California, MLW asserted they have, quote, "...properly pleaded all of its claims for relief in their initial January lawsuit." when they alleged WWE put pressure on third parties to abandon relationships with MLW. The suit specifically is pointing to a failed deal with Fox-owned Tubi TV, where MLW is claiming Stephanie McMahon pressured Fox and 2B executives to, quote, deny MLW a time slot that would compete head-to-head with WWE's NXT programs and to, quote, terminate the agreement with MLW in its entirety. MLW said that for the antitrust claim under Section 2 of the Sherman Act, they only needed to allege that WWE uh, both possessed monopoly power in the relevant market and willfully acquire or maintain that power. MLW unquestionably properly alleges, they wrote, both elements. MLW has pleaded the relevant market, broadcast rights for professional wrestling programs, And such a single professional sport or form of entertainment can, as courts have repeatedly recognized, constitute a market where, as alleged here, it attracts a unique audience limiting the number of economic substitutes. MLW also alleges WWES monopoly power because, among other things, it holds 85% of the relevant market and has reduced the output of professional wrestling broadcasts. MLW's pleaded WWE has willfully acquired and maintained that monopoly power by preventing MLW from distributing its programs through Tubi and Vice, by locking up wrestling talent and key networks with exclusivity agreements, and by other conduct to constrain competitors and competition. WWE argues MLW's claim is insufficient because WWE contends it does not allege facts, quote, suggesting that WWE could possibly hold any power over the dozens, if not hundreds, of networks cable and streaming services, which WWE has no commercial relationship with. There's much more on this in the uh, on the front page of WrestlingObserver.com. Uh, there is, of course, the quote from Jerry McDivitt in The Observer. If Tubi breached, then sue Tubi. As to Vice, WWE has no commercial relationship with them, or for that matter, any of the other dozens of contact di- distribution entities with whom MLW could do a deal with if they had a commercially viable product. They put a show on Vice, if my memory serves me correctly, after one of the dark side shows, they lost most of the audience. I think I read they got 40,000 viewers. No wonder Vice did no further deal. (laughs) This guy's brutal. Holy smokes, he's brutal. (laughs) But anyway, anyway, there's a point to all of this. I'll just cut to the chase. I don't know who's right and who's wrong. I don't know what's going on, okay? But MLW absolutely believes that they have a case here and there is wrongdoing by wwe and i bring this up because you ain't going to all this trouble and in demanding a, a jury trial just to whatever i mean there's there's a belief here and uh and i bring it up because you know remember that whole thing with bots and everybody ridiculed tony khan about the bots i don't know what's going on i don't know who's I don't know if, I don't like to say I don't know who's behind the bots because it sounds like it's a storyline from <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog. But the point is, I don't know who's behind all of this or whatever. But the fact of the matter is this also not something Tony Khan made up, not something he just wanted to tweet for attention. Something's going on. Is he going to get litigious? He might. That's why I'm bringing it up here. Like, don't think that this is just like some goofy thing that Tony came up with. This could be litigated. I guess we'll find out at the end of this uh, this investigation here, but sometimes I think that fans hear these stories and are like, ah, it's not always that. Sometimes there's something going on. So anyway, that's the story. Well, with a guy
1: like Tony Khan, I mean, you know, he's not just some blowhard indie local promoter. I mean, if he's going to tweet something, there's probably something behind it. Whether you like what's behind it or not, it's a different story, but, you know, w- MLW, there's going to be a lot that has to come out about this before I think anybody can really make their minds up on it. One of the reasons why is because what was this spot that they were offered on Tubi, which is a streaming service? It's like everything else. There's a portal you can go through and watch Sky News or watch local affiliates, Fox affiliates, and and owned affiliates from across the country. So... I, I don't know, you know, were they were they going to be offered a spot head up, really? Or were they just going to, All those little things like that, what MLW is claiming and what WWE is claiming that they didn't do, all of it's just going to have to come out in the wash once this thing, I guess, goes to trial, if it actually makes it that far, as far as Jerry McDivitt goes. He's a very tough opponent to go head up against, and he is, I'm sure, going to be quite colorful and full of himself and what is probably going to be... Uh, one would assume one of his last high-profile cases here, uh, at least with WWE for for at least for the time being, right now.
0: I'm not going to address this on the air. I'm dealing with something in the chat here. Which one, YouTube or Twitch? Well, We're actually, it's a, I think it's a YouTube guy on Twitch. Ah, he's actually just—he's very <laughs> upset that uh, Tony mentioned this three weeks ago. We haven't had an update yet, bro. We can't get toxicology reports back in four weeks. So you think they're going to finish this investigation and do all of this in three weeks? The investigation is ongoing. Bro, this could be six months. It could be a year. I don't know how long it's going to take. But, like, this ain't Perry Mason. Or in an hour, we're going to have an answer to this question. It's going to take a while. Yes, I name-dropped Perry Mason. An excellent sports show from, or uh, court show from back in the day. Why is it that... He probably played baseball or something. You ever watch
1: Murder, She Wrote? You remember that show? I'm starting to think that, like... I think Granny liked
0: that show. uh,
1: You gotta ask her, like, for some reason in that little small town around this woman, everybody kept dying. There always seemed to be something happening, yet yet she... And she was involved in all of it, yet never, never was looked at as a suspect.
0: Well, when you live in a small town, there's, like, one person in charge of... You know, doing all this stuff. I think she was in cahoots with that sheriff. Maybe they were doing something. Get out of here. You know what I mean. John Cena recently offered some praise for Austin Theory. He sent a message on social media for the 16-time world champion's 45th birthday. The message included an apology from the 24-year-old. This is Austin Theory for (laughs) quote being a better U.S. champ. Theory also attached a video of him telling a young Cena that he is a young cena fan that he is better than their hero cena responded by saying theory shouldn't apologize for having more talent he should only apologize after 20 years if he hasn't put in the work required to capitalize on this john cena is something else he's uh he's a robot <laughs> yes i'm not even saying that like in, in a negative way i guess it's kind of a negative but it's not i'm actually not meaning it to be negative at all he's very robotic like he always knows exactly what he's going to say yeah. in all of these circumstances <laughs> and uh he did however say because i think and this it's
1: usually generic and right like usually people can't complain about well
0: it. this was in his programming because whoever programmed this like is a robot he just has to repeat it but as a human being he'd go what am i saying here he goes everyone understands you have far more talent strength and gifts than i ever had well first off it's an objective fact he does not have more strength than you john cena you're really? much stronger than austin theory I could say that is a factual mm. statement. Now, yes. talent and gifts? Well, I don't know about that. I would say that uh, in terms of like athleticism and the ability to be limber, yes, Austin Theory is is uh, more talented than than John Cena. So physical gifts, uh, I could argue that maybe Austin Theory has more than John Cena, but certainly not strength and talent. I mean, what are you talking about, brother? I mean, maybe someday, but uh, not right now. So anyway, you know what this is all about. It's Austin Theory's the new chosen one. And I would not be surprised if Vince wanted Cena to come back and put over Austin Theory. Back in a moment, Observer Live. You're clear. Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also WrestlingObserver.com. More news, we'll do some reviews here in a while. Rampage bounced around the schedule in May due to TNT's coverage of the NBA and NHL playoffs. Because it depends on who is playing when, there is no set time. Passes coming Friday is scheduled at the regular time slot, Base six. Right now, scheduled for six Eastern, three Pacific. Can't wait till I post those ratings and a bunch of nerds talk about how the show's dying. Three Pacific, six Eastern, which I think would be uh, one in the afternoon in Hawaii. <laughs> I was just gonna say,
1: what two Mountain? Yeah, uh, five Mountain, whatever the hell it is, yeah. two.
0: And also update from uh, the SummerSlam tickets. Tickets went on sale to the public on Friday. They opened up 23,000 tickets in the pre-sale. They've opened up now 35,000. And about 19,000 tickets are out, which is paid and comps. So uh, that's the update on SummerSlam. probably will, uh, I would think, get close to selling out 35,000. But I suppose we shall see. Well, live U.K. viewers of
1: Rampage ought to be happy. I know there's not many of them, but I guess 10 p.m. wouldn't that uh, be around that uh, British summertime or whatever it is? So at least they're making
0: out in this deal. Becky Lynch will be returning to Raw tonight. This is the lineup for the show, everybody. Of course, this is, this is the lineup as of Friday, so it's possible nothing I tell you right now actually happens tonight. We have Bianca Belair versus Sonya Deville for the Raw women's title. And I think they did that match as like a a dark match at the uh, SmackDown tapings on Friday night, which obviously Bianca won. So uh, they are practicing the match, so I presume that's taking place tonight. And by the way, as we'll get to on SmackDown, Sonya Deville may be uh, just moving into the full-time wrestler gig because they're teasing that there is a... uh, Potential new assistant for Adam Pierce, Randy Orton's twentieth anniversary celebration, which, uh, when you think about it, you know I got a, I got a six-year-old now. Paisley's six years old, and sometimes I sit there and go, "My God, she's six years old already!" Like it, time just it flies. How many times do we hear that? How how fast these children grow up, and it's like a blink of an eye. But then I hear that Randy Orton's only been in WWE for 20 years, and it's like, Jesus, it seems like it's been about, I mean, five lifetimes he's been with that company. So time is weird. I believe Albert Einstein once said that. It's weird, this whole time thing. We have the return of Becky Lynch, and then an arm wrestling challenge. Bobby Lashley will be facing Omos in an arm wrestling challenge. Not a match.
1: Yeah. It's a challenge. Well, you have reviewed many an old wrestling show that has featured the arm wrestling challenge, whether it be superstar Billy Graham and the Barbarian and uh, on Saturday night, old NWA action. and They've done this in WWE plenty of times. And I have a feeling no matter what happens, it's going to end with a table being turned over and somebody
0: smashed over the head with it. You know what I think they should do? I think they should have Omas and Lashley sit down at that table. Slam dunk contest. Put their arms up. The referee says go. And they, they fight. And they fight. And they fight. And then yeah! One of them wins clean. N- then the loser says, God damn, you are stronger than I am. And they shake hands and they're all part of MVP's unit. Can, can we get do you that think lucky? What about that idea? Can we get that
1: lucky? No, <laughs> of course not. I was going to say, you talk about me wanting to have hope for some of these things and fantasy booking something coherent and happy to happen on these programs. There would be nothing better than that. The only thing that would be better than that is if at some point as they're doing that the music hits and Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander come out there and they all look like they're ready to fight and they don't. And they all put on their hurt business shirts and everybody Bobby Lashley's got a suit that is only matched by MVP. They give almost a suit and they're back as a unit. And the only time we see almost is when he is there nine one one and he's putting somebody through a table with a choke slam. I think it happened, brother.
0: I wish it would. All right, so uh, NXT on Tuesday, we have got Solo Sokoa versus Trick Williams. Fallon Henley. I have to totally turn away from the microphone whenever I say that name. She will team with Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen oh, God. against Electro Lopez Cruz del Toro and Joaquin Wilde. Nikita Lyons faces Lash Legend, and boy, did I hear... a. Uh, Oh, yeah. A rumor this weekend.
1: <laughs> Can you we expose this, please?
0: Well. Well, come on. No, let's wait till oh. tomorrow. Let's just put it this way. <laughs> it's possible this is not the last you've seen of Lash Legend versus Nikita Lyons.
1: Some of you will be in Rapture. The others will be in, in hell.
0: We have got uh, Nathan Frazier making his NXT 2.0 debut every time I hear that. I think it's going to be the debut of, uh, uh, what's that guy from Men on a Mission? The really big one? Uh, Mabel? Yeah, Mabel. (laughs) Viscera? I keep thinking that's Nathan Frazier, but I don't think that that wasn't his real name. (laughs) It was was, was uh, close, though. Nelson Frazier. Nelson Frazier. Nelson Frazier, yes. (laughs) And then uh, Katana Chance Uh. and Caden Carter face (laughs) Ulyssa Leone and Valentina Faraz. Have they gone through a promo as to how they've changed their names? That they didn't do that last
1: week, did they? No. Because if they do one, I need to hear Vinny uh, go
0: ahead and reenact that because it ought to be something. And then we've got, as noted, Tony D'Angelo, the the mobster, against Zion Quinn, the jerk. Bro, everybody's a heel on this show. I mean, this one I got to figure. Everybody, out. who am I supposed to cheer for in this match of anybody? And if not, why am I watching a match with two people that are that are heels for no? Like, there's not a Dude, reason for it. They never switched. Diamond Mind, Chase.
1: You didn't get sw- like. Are they bad guys? I mean, every and they're supposed to. I, I don't know. I guess it depends on the scenario. But like this is what Cody had said about AEW that people had took and ran with about the tropes about good guys and bad guys. And this is the greatest example of it. Things just happen on this show between people for no reason. Look how we got to D'Angelo and uh and uh
0: Phantasmo in the first place. We've got uh, Tyson Fury bringing up Drew McIntyre's name during a post-fight press conference in the UK. They were going to do this match, and then the pandemic uh, put a the old kabosh on that. And so it looks like uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all. SummerSlam, WrestleMania next year. Uh, just uh,
1: I saw the walk- I, the Dylan White. I hadn't seen him fight in a while, so I, I saw the knockout happen. But the the most interesting part of the fight is the fact that somehow tyson fury does not get winded upon his ring entrance coming to the ring which is if you took jerry lawler and dusty Rhodes and i don't know who the longest ring entrances in history have been you know showing off going down the aisle this was it i think princess diana got down for the wedding in a faster time than he actually did making it to the ring with his
0: 77 different songs out of the six title matches, Saturday's Impact Rebellion pay per view, three titles changed hands. Josh Alexander beat Moose for the Impact World title. Of course, he had won it, and then there was the immediate cash in by Moose, so he never even got to put the belt on. Then, of course, he had uh, issues with uh, his visa, contract expired. I think they always knew that he was almost assuredly going to resign. the way they shot the angles and everything like that. So uh, this was their uh, big match, one-on-one for the title. Josh Alexander won the belt back. Also had Ace Austin winning the X-Division title in a match with Trey Miguel and speedball Mike Bailey. And Taya Valkyrie beat Diana Parazzo for the Reina de Reina's title. And I'm going to watch um, at least, I think, those matches. Uh, tomorrow morning before the show with Lance. So if you're an Impact fan, we'll review those on the Lance Storm show tomorrow. Today on uh, Figure 4 Daily with Tom Lawler, it is going to be uh, SmackDown and uh, New Japan Strong. And I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through the... Uh, I think we're the semifinals of the Cinderella tournament. Tom has watched everything, so we could talk about it. I'm not sure how many people will get to it, but... That's the lineup for the Filthy Tom Lawler Show today. Because we do what we can. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of wrestling out there. There is. I can't keep up with all of it. It's crazy. It is crazy. It's madness, I would go as far as to say. Not macho madness, just madness. We also have a New Japan title change. Shingo did, in fact, beat Taichi. He is the new provisional King of Pro Wrestling 2022 champion. I guess it's provisional because next year it'll be 2023. Yeah. So it was a 30-count match. The first wrestler to get a combined 30-count in pinfall attempts was declared the winner. So I haven't seen it yet, but when you think about it, this should mean like Shingo could have hit him with a pumping bomber and got a 19-count, but since it wasn't 30, he would still have to get 11 more counts. Is that how it worked? I or was it like you had to was, get a two count fifteen times?
1: No, no, it was a culmination. So if you got like a two, then that went on the tote
0: board. I yeah, exactly. But I mean, could I? Could he? Could he pin him for third for for twenty two seconds? Yeah. and then the guy kicks out at 23 and it's not over yet because it's not a combined 30.
1: I assumed it was always like the deal that we'd always see on TV where like somebody would get hit the guy would get knocked out the guy you know the the person's down there for a 10 count but the referee doesn't see it he sees a two counts it the guy kicks out you know and then that would count for 12 I guess in in this situation if he just stood down there he'd keep pinning him keep going
0: and and then that's it I'm done with that whole KOPw thing racking him on with more. Well, luckily for you, it's provisional. Observer Live. Back in the show, Brian Elvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Semper, also of WrestlingObserver.com. Quick look at these uh, two shows, and we'll do some feedback. So, uh, Adam Cole, Ishii, excellent match. Distraction finish, but it was very good while it lasted. It was a total Adam Cole match with Ishii being... Is she doing all of his spots as well I love this match very very fun and uh, Jay White attacked Rocky Romero distraction low blow by Cole hit the boom got the win he is in the Owen Hart Cup tournament we had Lance Archer squashing Serpentico to lead to the match with Wardlow on Dynamite Danhausen and and uh, Hook are in fact apparently going to have a match I don't know when they haven't announced it yet but it's going to happen Eddie Kingston, Dan, uh, Daniel Garcia, 11 minutes. Both this and the opener were uh, heavily edited because I I don't know why. I mean, Tony Khan you normally does a, a great job timing out shows, but both of these matches went very long, and they chopped them up for TV, which makes me wonder about the timing of everything. Like, why didn't we start this tournament qualifying matches a few weeks back so we could, you know, if, the, if you want the match to go 20 minutes on TV, then... You know, do one this week and one last week. But we had them both here, and they both got edited. Well. They were both good, but damn it, if I'm gonna if they're gonna do the match, I want to see all twenty minutes of it,
1: right? Well, hindsight being twenty twenty, uh, I wouldn't have included the main event in this, and just would have went with the two matches and spent more time building up Marina
0: and, and Jade, and maybe not. No, doing I'm glad Marina they're over. Jade. I'm glad they're done with it. <laughs> they're Dude, not doing it at all. They they spent they they I, I don't know. In a vacuum, how many times have I given this speech in the last 24 hours? In a vacuum, it was better than I expected. They did a good job. Outside the vacuum, looking at the buildup, the character of Marina, the totally blowing her off by Jade Cargill, I mean, it was baffling. I mean, she comes out. Marina's got an MMA gimmick. She does no MMA, she gets mounted. Her holds get broken out of. She gets humiliated by the baddies. She doesn't get a revenge on the baddies. Jade Cargill totally no-sells the big submission attempt at the end. Hits her with her move. Pins her. Like, she was right all along. Marina was no threat whatsoever. I was like, that was a payoff to all of this? Like, I don't think Marina should have won at all. But I don't know what I was expecting. But have the, the payoff to it was just like... What? I don't know. I just, I look at Marie Shafir
1: and see her outside of AEW, and it's like, she obviously has got a lot of work to do and a long way to go as far as her pro wrestling goes, as far as getting comfortable in there, and emoting, and all that sort of stuff, and... I thought they had a little rough diamond there where if you bring her in, you put her with a group or with something and you bring her along slowly, you can show her off and kind of educate your fans as to why she's dangerous. Bring up the blood sports stuff and the, the cool stuff she's done there. And, bring her along. And I thought there were plenty of women out there for Jade as she continues her winning streak to go through. There's plenty of women on the indie scene to bring in for one night to go ahead and do something like this. And I, maybe I see more in Marina Shafir than, than anybody else does, but I didn't think they did a good job. I mean, I'm not saying this kills her dead. We've seen a lot of people come into AEW, drop their first match, Jay Lethal, other people, and then they have, a you know, something to, to
0: sink their teeth into afterwards. But I, I just didn't think they did a good job here at all. Then we had uh, SmackDown. So we had... If you went to SmackDown Live, it's not really a spoiler, but uh, you got two contract signings at the same live event. Because they did a contract signing on this show, and then they do a contract signing next week, which was taped (laughs) at the same show. If you like contract signings, i got a live event for you. So, uh, anyway, table got tipped over, everyone signed, This is leading to a beat-the-clock challenge next week to make people say I quit. This was better than usual with Ronda Rousey. She was way better than usual in this segment. She was uh, smiley, had some charisma, didn't look like she hated life or didn't want to be there. She was good in this segment. We had Xavier beating Butch with a small package. And then, of course, Butch freaked out and ran off and they (laughs) lost him again, whatever that means. Another Butch losing streak? Is this where we're at with this? He's not a losing streak. It's just that's his gimmick. He loses and gets mad. Uh, He's only been there three weeks. (laughs) Shankly has challenged Ricochet for next week. Can't wait to see that one. You know, you got a guy like Ricochet. You make him champion. And then I got an idea. Let's have him face large, immobile guys week after week. Not matches where he can shine, necessarily. But him and Shankly is coming up. Which, by the way, this guy doesn't even know how a lumberjack match works, which was pointed out by commentary on the show. Ugh. Gunther killed Teddy Goods. It was awesome. <laughs> it was great.
1: McAfee. <laughs>
0: uh... Riddle and Jay Uso finished with uh, another small package, two in a row. Is that lazy booking? And then we got another small package at the tapings. So uh, they sure like them small packages in this company. Some people do. This it. was a good match. Very, very good match. Roman Reigns was disgusted. And uh, on the Filthy Tom show today, I'm going to book the next pay-per-view, which they did not do. They're doing something different, and I'm, I'm baffled. I believe I have a much, much better idea.
1: Well, is your strong open weight champion for one year now going to be a part of that somehow?
0: The booking of the next pay-per-view? No, mm-hmm. but he'll he just be on the show. runs in and
1: beats up everybody? No,
0: no. I, I think it was very simple what they could have done, but they're not doing it. We have uh, Sasha Banks and Naomi are doing a promo, and Natty and Shayna come out, so they're going to be the next challengers. Happy Corbin tries to get Madcap Moss back as his buddy again. Madcap <sighs> makes a bad joke about him having no hair, <sighs> which led to Madcap beating Angel. If you watched Madcap versus Umberto last week... I think they might have replayed it. I'm not entirely sure. Exact, exact same match. In fact, in fact, let me do something here real quick. Mm-hmm.
1: As you do that, imagine having Riddick Moss under contract for so long, never being able to figure out anything to do with him, and then when you do, you give him this that won't get him over at all as a baby face.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. So uh, the match with Angel was 2 minutes and 24 seconds, and the match with Umberto was 2 minutes and 27 seconds. They were (laughs) 3 seconds apart. So when I said it was the exact same match, I was not kidding. Shave a couple
1: seconds off both of those matches, you'll be able to fit them up in full on Twitter. That
0: was incredible. If you still use Twitter today. Then we had uh, Sami Zayn asking for help in the Lumberjack match. We had a Lacey Evans gimmick, which was great. Here's another one. Yeah. And you know what? You know what? I would like to be (laughs) that guy. Be that guy. When Cameron Grimes did that awesome video package about his father who died, and how his final words were that he signed with NXT and he was going to be a champion there. And it was three years and he let his father down, and damn it, he was going to go into this... This uh, WrestleMania weekend show and win that title. And what did I say? I said, You'd have to be the biggest idiot, the biggest moron to screw this up. This is idiot proof. It's right there. And you know what? Oh, Brian, they'll screw it up. Oh, we have no faith. It's NXT 2.0. Well, you know what? They didn't screw it up. They did absolutely 100% exactly right. So there's a possibility they won't screw up Lacey Evans. Is there a possibility they will? Of course. They're incompetent, but this one's this one's also idiot proof. So we'll see. But it was idiot proof from day one, though, dude. No, it wasn't. Like, I mean, when, she was. Yes, she, she was. had eighty five gimmicks, and she was a, no, a pin up girl in a Southern Belle. She's and, Macy Estrella. That's her
1: real name. One, it's a killer name. And anyway, she wasn't if Macy she Estrella. To keep it that way. But the whole thing was, she comes in as Lacey Evans, and that's what they gave her was the Southern Belle thing, and it just didn't. When you look, her whole story has been out there. For a long time, we talked about it on here as to why this is so baffling. Yeah, and maybe now they can get it right. But again, it takes time and it takes development. We'll see what happens. They tend to lose interest in people, even if it's this great thing, even if it's emotional, even if it's really real. They figure out a way to either talk themselves out of it or lose interest or go a different way.
0: This person here is absolutely right. They should reboot the Marine and have Lacey be the star. Yes! Way better than The Miz. Yes. Can't take The Miz seriously in that role. Are you kidding? Who was a better Marine, he or Ted DiBiase Jr.? I didn't see that one. <laughs> Drew McIntyre, Sami Zayn in a Lumberjack match ended via countout. out. And you know what? everyone here is waiting for me to just flip my lid and I'm not gonna, you want to know why? Why? Because I often see these absolutely stupid finishes and, and they're done in a way where their assumption is that I'm an idiot and I'm just going to accept it. And this and that, this was not that at all. This was, this was on purpose preposterous to the point where Adam Pierce came out and said, in all my years, I never thought I would see a count out in a lumberjack match. It was acknowledged how stupid this was, and uh, and it did play into the story. And don't get me wrong, it was stupid. Okay, but it was it was in storyline also stupid. Not like in storyline it made sense, but it's stupid. You know, like the uh, you know the DQ and Hell in a Cell, where then they tried to just change everything and blah 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 blah. So uh, this is leading to a cage match with uh Sami Zayn and drew mcintyre where uh i don't know what's gonna happen i actually don't know what happened in the spoilers but it better not be escape the cage or i'm gonna be then then i will be angry if it's escape the cage rules after three weeks of a guy running away and so his punishment is a match where the rules are you have to run away then i will be angry okay <laughs> but anyway that's what happened
1: you think we're going to get uh, Sonya Deville and Adam Pearson a match down the line?
0: No. Maybe Sonya Bro, they wouldn't even let Adam Pierce wrestle a guy. Yeah, but they're letting Gulak get beat up all the time. Yeah, that's his know? role. He's going to get beat up all the time. <laughs> Adam Cole's the one that's got to have a little bit of credibility. This other poor geek. He's just, uh... Yeah, that's it. Drew Gulak is his new, uh... What do they call it? Intern? Is an intern. Intern. Yeah. Is he it's being like, paid? Okay, so yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, so you're you're you know, not doing anything as a wrestler in storyline. You want another role? Okay. Well, you can train for it, but we ain't gonna pay you. It's a billion dollar company. <laughs> I mean, maybe he's a paid intern. Those do exist. Can you or Mike do a Tony D'Angelo impression? No. Am I supposed to be a good guy or a bad guy? I don't know. What's my inspiration? exactly people make fun of that but that's that's you know i need some sort of besides motivation who was part italian
1: how do you know i'm not offended by the characterization of italians and 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 those types of things with tony d'angelo here making a mockery of things is that what they're doing i don't know they're making a mockery of a lot (laughs) well yeah actually they are making a mockery of things aren't they
0: Oh, this guy says, make sure you watch Jonah versus Ashii from the Impact show as well. That match was awesome. Y'all yeah, bet it was. <laughs> see,
1: they, do the, they do the
0: greatest thing on Impact, which it's like every now and then you see something it's like, how in God's name has no one else ever thought of that before? So what they do is the cameraman, he he like takes his camera off his shoulder. He puts it on the canvas in the opposite corner that Jonah's going to do the big splash. And so you see Jonah come off. And when he splashes the guy, of course the entire mat bounces up and down, and so the camera goes, Tadak-ha! which is, which by the way, it's like, you know, it's stupid when WWE purposely like they, they, there's a guy that shakes the camera or whatever. Like it's the '90s. But yeah. putting putting the camera on the canvas and having the whole thing like there's a giant earthquake when he lands, that's awesome. That Back in awesome. a moment, Observer Live. Got an email here. Actually, it's a text message. From somebody who says that he was at the Rampage show, and he uh, he actually uh, filmed the Garcia-Eddie match on his phone. And so he says, I can say uh, that it was 16 minutes, not 22 minutes like Dave reported. The only thing removed from the match was one minute due to the commercial break. So he's saying there was very, very little editing in oh. the uh, Garcia versus Eddie match. So uh, that's from somebody there who says that they uh, filmed the match on their phone. So there you go.
1: Might be able to get, uh, maybe be able to get a lot of that. And maybe it's not even for anything other than just the static purposes and just to clean things up. I mean, with the way things are looking for them going up against the NBA and NHL playoffs, I mean, t- take advantage of the fact that you're going to have things moved around and there's things you can clean up before it goes on.
0: Person says, Lash and Lions are eventually re- wrestling inside Hell in a Cell, aren't they? A- that's not what I heard. No. I'd be better off with Although? just a one and done. <laughs> mm. And he presumes Tony D and Quinn are both heels facing each other. Why? It's going to end in a no contest or a win for Quinn when Tony D'Angelo gets sneak attacked by Legato somehow. Watch. Dang it, I don't have time. What? I'm going to try and tell this story really quick. All right. Remember I was talking about my iPhone and the autocorrect? Yeah. I swear to God, this is a true story. I was in downtown Bothell, and I was across the street. Is at 8 o'clock at night from this place called the Hoppin' Hound, which is like a bar. And I look over. I swear to God, there's these ducks walking down the street towards the Hoppin' Hound. And I took a picture of my son, and my wife. And I, uh, I texted, uh, look at these ducks. I swear to God. I swear to God, everybody, we gotta go. Talk to you next time, Wrestling Observer Live.